Hey, what's up everybody? This is Joey Galvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one. All you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the Department of Metahuman Affairs or DMA and check it out right now. Girls only want boyfriends who have great skills. You know, like nunchuck skills, bow hunting skills, computer hacking skills. How was school? Worst day of my life? What do you think? Idiot! What kind of bike do you have? It's a sledgehammer. Dang! You ever take it off any sweet jumps? What are you drawing? A liger. What's a liger? It's my favorite animal. It's like a lion and a tiger mix. Why are you so sweaty? I've been practicing some dance moves. Is Trisha here? Is that my driveway? That's my ride. Is there something wrong with him? I don't want to laugh at him if there's something wrong. You know, like, there's something weird. Welcome to Recap and Gown, a podcast where four old millennials talk about the high school and college movies from back in the day when we were high school and college students to find out what made the grade and what should have been held back. Representing the class of 03, I am your co-host Crooks. Joining me this week and every week, he sings like an angel and drinks like a fish, the class of 04's own Big Hearn, David Oscar Hernandez. What up, Dave? Not too much, man. We had a birthday party over, hosted one at the house uh, for one of our most loyal listeners, Bobby Les, hey, Bobby. this past weekend. Yeah. Uh, happy birthday. Um, but I have all the leftover booze. Oh no! <laughs> which is which is both bad and good. So oh, no. let's do it. Can't wait. So you have enough booze for like a day and a half? We're trying to tell me. Uh, three, four days. <laughs> don't 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 be like that. But yeah, <laughs> don't I'm all mean set. to judge. All right. Yeah. Uh, also joining us in the class of 03, she is one half of our very own Texas two-step, the one and only big sis, Megan Mills. What up, Megan? Hey guys. Um. I, I don't know why. Is it really hot? Like, what's what's happening? You guys talking about running through sprinklers? Like, yeah, it was so hot. Dude, it was like 105. It was very, very hot. Oh, is she hot? Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah, it's it's way too hot. And it was like rainy and chilly a week ago. And now it's like 105. And the Midwest is not huh. a place that people should live. <laughs> no one should settle here. Uh, rounding out the two-step, this podcast chief barbecue and trivia correspondent from the class of 01, Dana Griffin. What up, Dana? Not much. Uh, missed seeing you guys, listeners. Yeah. We took we took like a week off. And yeah. 
I had to watch good movies with Bill. Like, what the hell? That's not, that's not fun. Watch grown-up films with the man you love. I, no one wants that. I watched Wolf of Wall Street. Like, what that's, is that? That's a seven movie. hours long. Mm-hmm. It was. I watched the Godfather. Thing. It was amazing, and I was drunk while I was watching it. So that's okay. a real feat. Anyway. I went to go see A uh, Quiet Place mm-hmm. too on our week off, and it was great. Uh, first movie in the theater since COVID hit. Last movie I saw this was Onward. Just the very cute Disney Pixar movie. I cried a lot in it. It's a story about, oh. you know, fathers uh-huh. and sons, and I'm a father, so I, and also a son, so I wept. It's very good. Uh, but yeah, okay. I went to go see Quiet Place 2, and I was happy to be in a theater again with a giant tub of popcorn. It was very mm-hmm. nice. Cats hey. in the Cradle and Stone Over Stone. You guys. Little Boy Boo and the Man on the Moon. That's right. Yeah. When yeah. I come home, son, don't know when. Um, we have a very special guest joining us this week. Um, you guys might have heard her back in our Legally Blonde episode. She is one of my oldest friends, uh, my friend from college, our chief legal correspondent, I guess. Maybe she's our, our chief counsel if we ever get in legal trouble. Uh, Shannon Henson, Esquire. What up, Shannon? Hi, everyone. I just want you to know I've not been officially retained in that capacity, but we could talk mm-hmm. about it. Yeah, I, I'll send you a Venmo. <laughs> We'll get something no, I'm, going. I'm happy to help if anything happens. We're we're going to get in legal trouble eventually, so like <laughs> it's only a matter of time. Listen to the earlier episodes. A lot of names were just full full names, years, and so on. Yeah, we, he's like identifiable info. May have committed some light libel. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. Mm. We'll see what happens. Yeah. It was just you, let's be clear. Yeah, I was alone and by myself. Um, As possibly your legal counsel, I'm going to have to ask you all to stop. Well, we stopped. Stop talking. If you guys want to listen to some shit, like listen to our first 10 or 15 episodes. I was spilling tea all over the goddamn place. Um, Dana, this was your pick. What movie are we talking about? Where can we find it? And what is it about? Um. Okay. Oh, sorry. My hair just got tangled. My finger got tangled in my hair. Wow. That was, <laughs> guys, the, the pitfalls of having really curly hair. Um, uh-huh. So I picked Napoleon Dynamite from 2004. <laughs> if you are a Hulu subscriber, it is included in your subscription everywhere else. Uh, you have to pay money to rent it. So... Um, yeah. With that, sorry. Yeah, I canceled my Hulu two days before the watching. Oh, this, you so. fucked up. I apologize. Mm. I apologize. <laughs> Actually, I canceled it before then, but it like it cut off like two days before, and it was like, oh, this just ex- your subscription just expired. Like, me. It felt like it was free because my Hulu and Spotify are all rolled together. I don't know how that happened, but it's like wow, it's great. Eleven bucks for two great streaming services amazing Um, right very nice so good um so the synopsis via rotten tomatoes i didn't read this so we'll see what this goes just copied and pasted oh boy um (laughs) in small town preston idaho awkward teen napoleon dynamite has trouble fitting in after his grandmother is injured in an accident his life is made even worse when his strangely nostalgic uncle rico shows up to keep an eye on him with no safe haven at home or at school, Napoleon befriends the new kid, Pedro, a morose Hispanic boy who speaks English. He speaks all the English. <laughs> the, I kind of saw this about There's more. Let me finish. Together, the two launch a campaign to run for class president. Dude, sure. Pedro's English is fine. He has an accent. <laughs> yes. 
Like, he speaks a no. lot of English. I don't know how you do things in Juarez. I'm like, what? He, speak, he sounds fine. What? But we'll get to that. Jeez. You don't want to be eating chimichangas. In the- uh, <laughs> okay, you know what, though? My, my uh, mother-in-law does pronounce it chimichangas. They're yeah. delicious, so. Her Spanish is offensive. That's very Midwest, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, well, Minnesota, all A's are flat A's. Mm. Um. Okay. Here, big sis. Want to give us a rundown of who's in this movie? Yeah. Um. <clears throat> interestingly enough, none of these. Well, I wouldn't say none, but a lot of these uh, actors and actresses are ones you may not know. Yeah, just um, Dietrich Bader, and that's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Is it John Hader? Is that how you say it? Is it Hader? Yes. Yeah, I think it's Hader. Is it Hader? I think it's Hader. Okay. Plays Napoleon Hader, Dynamite. John Hader brothers. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Efren Ramirez plays the uh, what was it? Morose, Melancholy? morose Hispanic boy. Yeah, Pedro. <laughs> Yikes. Um, Jesus. Tina Majorino plays Deb, which she's actually oh, yeah. cute. Mm-hmm. Um, John Grease plays Uncle Rico. Haley Duff plays Summer Wheatley. That yeah, the other Duff, that, older sister. Is it the, the other Duff? Duff? Okay. The other Duff. Um, Aaron Rule plays Kip. Deidrif. Diedrich Bader plays Rex. Yeah. Um, Chandrella Avery plays LaFonda. Sandy Martin plays Grandma. Mm. Emily Dunn plays Trisha. Trevor Snar plays Don, which I've never seen an uglier and more awkward, <laughs> hot character. I'm sorry. Yeah, he's I'm hard so... to look at. You shouldn't look directly at him like a solar eclipse. Um, and then there's a, a few other people. Jennifer Coolidge is in it. Um, don't know what she plays. No, she's what? not. Says who? Says oh, wow. the no, she's cast. not. No, what what role does she play in this? I don't know. I'll I'll do a little deep digging. Is it a different Jennifer um, Coolidge? No, it's her face. <laughs> I don't believe this. Um, but that's all I got. Unless anyone else has any. No, other notes, this is a so. this is a movie of of anonymous people. No, yeah. just just seeing everyone's name. With the last name Dynamite on it, like Kip Dynamite, and did they ever say his name in the movie? Rico Dynamite? I'm like, that's so weird. I know they that's call just, him Napoleon. That's just Uncle Rico. Like, it's not Rico Dynamite. Yeah, I'm not sure it's they so ever weird. said his last name was Dynamite. No, no, it, it was never confirmed. Yeah, Napoleon or for Rico? Rico. For, for anybody, I'm not for sure Rico. they ever said his last name was Dynamite. Just You're just supposed to assume that they are just Napoleon. The same last yeah. I, I think he says my name is Napoleon Dynamite. I think when he, he makes a phone call at some point, he's like. Is it Napoleon Dynamite? Oh, that could be. I, th- I, th- I think maybe he says that. That could have happened. Jesus. All right. Uh, let's let's go around the horn here um, and give some memories of the first time we saw this. If we have some from before the pod, uh, Dana, let's get started with you. Um, I have tried to watch this movie on multiple occasions. Um, I remember being like a huge thing. This would have been going into my senior year of college, but I think it came out during like field hockey preseason so we didn't go see it and I remember like this and Garden State being like huge and I had to pick one and I'm from the Garden State and I love Zach Braff so I saw that one (laughs) Um, (laughs) I've tried to watch this one years later multiple times always fell asleep Uh, and this time I had to watch I watched 35 minutes of it and took a break I was just like oh boy (laughs) you texted us you're like I had to stop it's very rare that I go like I have to stop. It's like hot chick, this high school high. I took uh, a break during school ties and outside Providence. I'm like these are long and dry. How dare you a school ties? That's a fantastic film. Anywho, it's, oh. 
it's I'd good, but I, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Dave, memories for you? Uh, opening night, Cantera 30. It was really? summer. It was the summer before be exact. Fr- freshman year of college. And we got there like a minute before it started and it was full packed. We had to sit almost in the front row. I think it was the second row. And it was, it was full of people. There was so much buzz about this movie. Yeah. I remember it clearly. I don't remember exactly who I went with, but I remember it was several of us having to sit really close to the screen and watch this. Wow. Shout out to Cantera. That's a, not Pantera, not, uh, you know, nope. goddamn electric cowboys from hell. Not, not AMC Cantera 30. Yeah, that's a that huge, nice. I have not been to Cantera in like 20 something years, I feel like, but that was a fun theater back in the day. It was. Uh, Big Sis, did you also see this at Cantera on opening night with Dave? Um, I don't actually think so. And Cantera <laughs> was a wild upgrade from Showplace 12 or Ogden 6, where we, yeah, for so years, much further, had to go so to. much further to go. Not Ooh. as good as Seven Bridges. Yeah. No, that's true. Why do anyway, so movie theaters? I'm so like. I mean, we had to drive for these. Like, yeah, they're not all were, like right these there. Were all, these were all a hike to get to them. We yeah. had one, and it was like five minutes from my house because it was at the mall. Sony drive-in. Sony pictures. Shitty drive-in in town. Was it Sony Lowe's? Anyway. <laughs> Sony um, Lowe's. First time I saw this movie. Oof. I, I was like one of those people who was like, I'm not seeing this. Like, I'm going to be a contrarian because I was oh. like, this doesn't seem interesting. And then I think I ended up seeing it at one point and I was like, okay, like there are some <laughs> things. Um, but yeah, similar attention challenges, both mm-hmm. when I first watched it and now. Okay. All right. Shannon, memories for you? Oh man, I feel like, okay, I disagree with everyone. Um, I saw, so I saw, I saw this movie the first time, um, like the very beginning of my freshman year of college. So like fall of 2004. And I went and saw it at the movie theater with Nora and Kinga. Oh, shout out to Nora and Kinga. Yeah. And um, I remember thinking like, wow, that was really weird. I need to see that again. <laughs> And then I've probably seen it like at least 10 times since then. In fact, I, I don't own very many movies, nor do I have any way to play a DVD right now, but mm-hmm. I, I own this DVD still. Um, so I just think, I mean, there are certainly parts that are problematic, but I just think it's so <laughs> funny. Like the, just like the awkwardness of all the characters, I think it just makes me love it. Yeah. I, um, I I don't remember the exact first time that I saw it. You might have been there though, because it was definitely in the dorm um, my sophomore year, and we didn't have a whole lot of DVDs. We had like four or five, and this was in our regular rotation. So I know that we watched it at one point with like a lot of people in our dorm at one time, and if we had a lot of people over, it was either like you girls from Reno or it was like all the guys from our fake frat Magnum Pie. So it was one of those two. That sounds familiar. Yeah. I I know we watched Anchorman at one point. You were there for that, I think, too. Because we started the, um, we had a Facebook group called the Channel 4 News Team or whatever. After that, you were in that, I think. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, we, we, back when Facebook groups were fun and obscure. um, (laughs) But yeah, we watched this a lot. I watched it a ton of times in college. We quoted it probably almost as much as we quoted old school. So this was something that... Was a big, big, big movie for my college, my college time. Um, let's see here, Dana. As an adult, did this make the grade, or should they have held this one back? Um, 
so I happened to be talking with like a coworker about this today and she was like, oh my God, that movie's so great. Granted, she was in middle school when it came out. And I was just like, <laughs> um, well, I was like, mm. I was on my way to being an adult. I'm like graduating college, not like I am an adult still, but um, just to put it that way, she was just like, oh, we all loved it. The middle school boys. And I was like, that's the problem. Like I wasn't a middle yeah. school boy, I think. Um, though my fiance was like, you just need to watch it multiple times and then it's funny. And I was like, oh, I again, <laughs> I just don't know. Um, you know, it's fine. It's fine. It's, I don't, good on them for, this is like a lot of people's first movies. So that's really nice. Um, and I'm glad they were able to make their vision, but I wasn't seeing it, but I'm happy for them. Okay. All right. Dave? <sighs> it was <laughs> similar so to when good. I, let me, similar to when I saw it in the theater, man, there was crickets the first like 10, 20 minutes. People didn't get it at yeah, first. That's fair. But then the timing and all the weird stuff that everybody says that, that doesn't make a lot of sense becomes funny. I don't know what it is. But those first 10, 20 minutes or so, he's like, geez, oh, gosh, it's not funny. It's stupid, and you don't that. get it. And, and and we weren't, like, drinking or doing anything, so we weren't, like, drunk seeing this. We were just straight up. So you just didn't quite get it at first, but toward the end, you started to laugh, and it was pretty similar now. Uh, the laughs were less frequent for me because I think I had, I had remembered and thought back and been like, why did I think that was funny? Was I, just, I was stupider. <laughs> I, I, I was definitely stupider back then. Um, yeah, I was, I was so stupid. Um, but uh, every so often it hits and there's some funny stuff going on. So I would say, yeah, it makes the grade. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Big sis. Yeah. I mean, if it was like third, so this is another one I think it would have been a good like short series, like a 30 series. minute. What? Well, like cut it up into like three 30 minute segments and make, make it be like a little short series of like randomness. Okay. But like all together, I think it was a little bit too random for me. Okay. Um, there were some moments where I was like, I was chuckling. There were some moments I was like, oh, this is actually funnier than I thought that I remembered. Um, but there were also a lot of moments where I was like, okay, what can I do to multitask? <laughs> Can I knit something right now? <laughs> <laughs> what hobby can I start? Oh boy. All right. Um, now, Shannon, you were unable to rewatch this before the pod. Scheduling was kind of an issue. Um, so I'm going to exempt you from this part, but I will say. Oh, you don't have to, Crooks, because oh. it's not as if I've gone many years without seeing this movie. Okay. Let's talk I about it then. Movie. <laughs> all right. Just, just an all-time favorite. It just, you know, it's a combination. I think Dana hit the nail on the head. I have the sense of humor still of a teenage boy. Like, Confirm. I just think the things that teenage boys think are funny are funny. Not all of them, but some of them. Mm -hmm. And I think there's also an element of nostalgia for me because just, we. T I think we talked in Napoleon Dynamite quotes a lot in college. So there's really that did. like element of nostalgia. Yeah. But that's all I have to say, so. Okay. Um, <laughs> you guys, this didn't make the grade for me as an adult. Like, mm -hmm. I, I haven't seen it in... Oh, probably 15 years or so. And like, 
I remember loving it so much. Like I loved this movie in college. I also own it on DVD. Like I loved this movie in college and I went into it like knowing what I was going to get and being like, all right, this is going to be a really weird movie, but it's going to be like genius weird. And I watched it and I was like, what happened, man? I, I only laughed, I think like two times or maybe three. And it was always when somebody got hit. But there were times that, like when Napoleon fought the bike, I laughed. When, exactly. When, when somebody Rex, gets hurt, it's yeah, always when funny. When Rex slapped Kip, I laughed. Yeah. <laughs> there yeah. were a couple times I laughed. Right. Throwing, yes. throwing the steak middle right school humor. Middle school, middle school boys humor. Yeah. People yeah. getting hit by things had me laugh. But like, aside from that, I'm just like, this tone is so flat. And like, I just, I couldn't connect with why I liked it so much. I did watch it while high a lot in college and I was not high watching at this time, which probably would have helped. But like, yeah, once upon a time, I loved it. And uh, to borrow a phrase from our good friend, the birthday boy, Bobby Lesh, for me, this movie aged like milk. Like it just, <laughs> it's not a fine wine. This aged like a, like a 1% milk, if you will. Um, let's see, do we have any fun facts about this one? I have some. I don't. I feel like I put all of them. If there's any, any that anyone else wants to throw in there, I can just go and just. Other than it made a lot of money, I really didn't have anything. It else. made a hundred times its budget. An absurd yeah. amount of money. Insane. Yeah. Is it a hundred times? I think it's more than that. Four hundred thousand. Hundred made forty forty six million. Yeah, yeah, pretty good. More than yeah. hundred times. Pretty, yeah, yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Uh, John Hader. I almost called him Bill Hader. John Hader was paid like a thousand dollars for this. Um, shows. This started as a short film with Jared. Ooh, short John. film. Yes. Yeah. I yes. Could un- yes. That I I was gonna say I thought it would have worked better as a series of like YouTube shorts. Yeah, like, I think I was gonna sketches with this dude. Yeah, I was gonna watch the short film today, but I actually had to do work at work today, Ooh. so wild. <laughs> um, and I didn't get around to it. But um, so they made it while they were at uh, BYU Film School, which I don't know if BYU had a film school. So that I had was, no idea. I learned a lesson today. Um, and John like permed his hair and then they wound up making it into a real film. But like something happened where he was like finishing up school and he couldn't get to the same person or something happened where when they went to shoot the film, he showed up like the day before it started and he didn't have like the tight curls that you see in the movie. They were like looser, like Shirley Temple type curls. <laughs> luscious and, curls. Yeah, luscious, beautiful curls, like baloney curls. Um, so uh, Jerusha Hess, I hope I said that right, the wife of the mm-hmm. director, and I think she's the co-writer, her cousin, because they shot it in uh, Jared Hess's hometown of Preston, Idaho um, is like a hairdresser and they're like we can do another perm on this but like there's a chance we could also like perm all of John's hair off. You're gonna be bald. Yeah so they stayed up all night perming his hair and because they had done a second perm within like a 24-hour period they're like he can't wash his hair (laughs) for three weeks. Jesus three weeks? (laughs) And they're shooting in like hot ass Idaho summer and like I guess like now that I'm going back on it, maybe that's why his eyes are... Well, first of all, he's wearing actual prescription glasses that don't belong to him. So I think that's why he's always, like, squinting. Okay, that helps. Okay. <laughs> there were constantly flies attacking him outside because they're, like, filming in, like, cow pastures. And... Well, and he smells like feet. He yeah, and he hasn't washed his hair in, like, Yeah. Because <laughs> they shot the whole thing in, like, 23 days. 
those are some of my interesting I'm like leading that into like maybe some of the choices but also it sounds like that's the exact voice John used John like for buddies um Johnny Johnny. used during uh the short as well um this is just totally random but John Hader and Efren Ramirez both have identical twin brothers so there's wow Wow. all right that's a fact Um, a fact yeah yeah uh, Roger Ebert gave it um, one and a half stars. Too many. Sure did. Sure and did. And I just kind of liked his last line um, of the of the review. I'm told the movie was greeted at Sundance with lots of laughter, but then Sundance audiences are concerned with being cool, and to sit through this film in depressed silence would not be cool. However, uh, would not be cool. <sighs> however, urgently it might be appropriate. Yeah, he, you know, he, he thought the movie was, he thought the humor was stupid, and yeah. he thinks that the main character needs to be likable. I'm like, no, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. I think one, one of the big reasons why the, why the Napoleon character is so memorable is because he doesn't care if anybody likes him all that much, no. other than when he tries to, you know, get well, with girls and stuff. We'll talk about but, uh, it. We'll talk about yeah. it. He's like a nerd hero. Um, and yeah. then lastly, um, Napoleon Dynamite, like, broke Netflix's algorithm. So there's like a handful of films that like they don't know which way you're gonna go on it. You either love it or you hate it, and you can't like the original algorithm is good within to like nine tenths of a star, but like not with Napoleon Dynamite. It would be like two and a half stars off every single time. So it like they had to like it was a prize. Like I guess the the Netflix algorithm prize was like always a thing, and they basically had to like outsource it to other people to figure out like where this fits. That's pretty but great. Yeah. yeah, broke their algorithm because it's so polarizing. Oh man, um, I have a couple of fun facts here. Uh, well, one fact and one fun fact and one fact. So fun fact, uh, John Hader did all of the illustrations that Napoleon uses in the movie. Like he really did draw all those himself. Um, and as an illustrator, I think it's fun to watch somebody who's bad at illustrating illustrate stuff. That's always fun for me. It's like, cause that, you it know- It wasn't terrible. He wasn't terrible, but like, I work really hard. <laughs> like, I I, yeah. I took a lot of time in illustrations. Like, I I give it a ton of time, and to just watch somebody who like when they show him illustrating, I'm like, that's not how you do it. You don't just like draw a solid line. You gotta like start light and fill it in. But no, that yeah. Trisha picture was was really something. <laughs> it the really shading something. on the upper lip was amazing. Oh, He's like, let me just go really outside on the edges, and then a little Her bit. Eyes of, are so like, far apart. he did those himself and then the fact that's not really necessarily a fun fact uh, as we said uh hess and Hayter met at byu um tina majorino and deb martin who played grandma they both Mm. appeared on big love a show about polygamous mormons like a year after this movie um sure did i think uh, sandy martin grandma played selma green who is married to uh sincerely harlan green who is like my favorite villain character (laughs) Like he's, he is spooky and weird. She looks like this. Like she, I think she's supposed to be like his obviously out lesbian wife. Who's like, yeah, yep. I have to marry this guy because we're Mormon. But like, come on, who am I trying to kid here? She wears suits all the time. Um, yeah. And then Deb is Amanda Seyfried's best friend on the show. So there's that. All that Mormon connection here. Um, should we jump into the recap, Dana? Sure. Where are you going to get us started here? Let's. Um, so the opening credits are interesting. 
Um, well, first of all, it's, it's an MTV Films joint. I feel like we've done a lot of Yeah, them. we've done a lot of these. I know, uh, right? We should You're welcome. Check. I pick a lot of them. I you pick too. a lot of them. You do. This is the first you didn't pick, I think. Yep. Uh, no, Varsity Blues is it. Uh, oh, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, wow. You, no, you guys pick the good MTV. <laughs> I, pick, I pick the others. Pick perfect score. Yes, I pick the others. You're right. Um, and wasn't that Dead Man on Campus? Was that an MTV Dead Man on Campus? There is. Election sure was, is. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot, lots of hits in this is an MTV films. Uh, mm-hmm. Whatever. Um, so the opening credits are interesting, yet gross. Like, I don't want to see yeah. these gross meals. Exactly. Um, but apparently they are meals that people eat throughout the film. Mm-hmm. And it was Kip's idea. The man has a real name, but I'm not going to use it. Um, they apparently did a whole set of them. They didn't like the people's hands, so they had to fly in a hand model and Come do on. them all over. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> That's a number. If you've ever done a any sort of a production, like we've done like very very limited production and it's like the first thing you're like is do they have manicure do we need a hand model Any first thing. scars on your hand yeah. uh I, I had totally forgotten about these opening credits and my notes what just say well this is hipster nonsense yeah. <laughs> like everything about the opening credits like i feel like this whole movie laid a lot of the groundwork for like late 2000s hipsterism even if the hipsters themselves yeah. would like bristle at that being pointed out um, there's things I'm going to point out where I'm just like, yeah, hipster is just like bit this whole style and adopted it as their own. But yeah, the, the food was gross looking and the floor they put the food on also gross looking. I'm just like, what, I don't know what a, this is uncomfortable to look at. Th- things inappropriately written in mustard. Like there was the burrito rice and yeah. then right below it's written in mustard. I'm like, that just doesn't even Mm-mm. work. It's not even the right condiment. Crema would have been an interesting, crema would have been interesting nice. choice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Dark plate crema. Yeah, there you go. Um, so I just thought that was weird. It definitely was like, there are moments where, so uh, Jonathan Demi, the late Jonathan, late great Dom- Jonathan Demi of mm-hmm. Silence of the Lambs and Stop Making Sense fame and some other movies I can't pick up. Loved this film. He thought it was super original. But when I was watching those opening credits, I was like, this is like a poor man's uh, Wes Anderson. Like, I was yes. getting that vibe of, like, like trying I said, to be cute. hipster nonsense. But it was gross. It was gross. Yeah. I didn't... Um, I, I'm yeah. here for, like, an, uh, a produced opening credits number. This one did not hit the same way that, like, Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dad hit for me. This was not one of my favorites. Mm. The weird cartoon from like the 80s they were doing. Yeah. Um, I thought if anything would, again, I haven't seen this in forever. I thought it was just going to be like Napoleon's drawings. Wouldn't that yeah. have been better? Yes. Been great? Yes. Just draw yes. all the people in the movie. I would have liked that a lot better. So yeah, the opening credits were weird. Um, the steak, I think that's like the best shot we get of the steaks that then have this like recurring thing in the film. So much red meat in this movie. Everywhere red oh, meat. It's like, oh, yeah. we're, we are running out of steak, but your auntie's going to come over and fix that in the morning. I'm like, you guys can, you can have other things. There's, there's other food out there. They don't no. explain it. It's just like, we eat a lot of steaks. So this is yeah. a question I did of later. What's with the yeah. steaks? Well, we just feel- don't. No one feels the need to explain this to me. And they're in Idaho? No potatoes. I don't see any potatoes. No potatoes. I feel feel like they have a meat guy. Like, I have a friend who's got a lake house in Wisconsin. And whenever we used to go up there, we would stop on the way at his cheese guy and then at his meat guy. 
The cheese guy sold meat. The meat guy sold cheese. But we would go to his cheese guy and then drive 15 more miles and go to his meat guy. Yep. It's like, yeah, he's got better meat. Oh, the cheese is better. So, like, I feel like this is probably a family that has, like, a meat guy who is, like, their steak person. I don't understand why you would make this such a big focus of the movie outside of just hipster nonsense. Don't they have, like, a cattle farm that they just They have one llama. Oh, no, 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 they they killed the the cow. Well, they didn't kill it. The guy across the street shot that cow in the face with a... I had stuff to say about that. Why? Megan, yeah, you're, I think you're right. That's like the yeah. meat. That's that's. There's like a whole scene in the movie of killing the cow. To me, that was all the explanation I needed from where right. all these stakes are are in this okay. movie. Yeah, that's and they're in the movie. middle of nowhere, so I think it's the whole like midwestern thing. Like, yeah, yeah, that's their meat guy that cannot cannot pull the trigger on his gun to shoot a cow at point blank range. This used to be a lot easier. So, okay, maybe this is where we can just dovetail with this question. I am not from the Midwest. I am. Okay, Idaho, Idaho is not the Midwest. Idaho okay. is not the Midwest. That's a okay. great plain state. Okay. I yeah. have never yeah. been there. I am from the East Coast. Uh, am I like to believe this is what Idaho is really like? Does, is this what Idaho wants me to believe it's really like? Like, yeah. I just didn't really understand. So, like, I, in a rural part, but, like, my friend Victor grew up in Idaho and, like, a very, like, they were very rich part of Idaho. Oh. Money bags, Idaho. Mm. Idaho I know like a rich part of Wyoming and a rich part of Montana. <laughs> so no, I guess it's, I don't know. It's some town that you've probably heard of. But anyway. <laughs> um, but, so, like, I think what they're trying to do is, like, it could be, like, some, like, random like plain state or western state like this is mm-hmm. kind of the, the vibe sure well and you know i i've not been to idaho i've been to a number of small towns in iowa um a lot of it is kind of like this shannon you're from uh, keokuk's pretty small right well keokuk's not tiny keokuk's like eleven thousand, but okay. Um, before I lived in Keokuk, I lived in um, Argyle for a few years, which is a teeny tiny town, and Never it's very, it's very, very rural. Like there's a bunch of towns that all go to the same school, mm. um, and in that that area, I lived there for a few years, is very rural, and I could see like some of the more remote people who lived in that area kind of like living this lifestyle. See, that's what I was thinking. Um, my my wife's grandmother uh, used to live in a town called Keeler, Wisconsin, which you can see from Dubuque, Iowa. It's across the river from Dubuque. Uh, last check, their population was like 427, okay. something like that. It's, it is a tiny, tiny, tiny town. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of it is like this. It's not like the same level of cartoonishness, but like yeah. the quirkiness and kind of general weirdness is pretty similar. They have like two bars. Um, my in-laws got married at one of them and then we go to the other one whenever we're in town because it's like the nice bar you but married yeah. at one and divorced at the other I mean, basically so yeah i mean it's, it's so yeah it's, it is a tiny little town and i think mm-hmm. if you if you were born there and spent your whole life there a lot of your shit is going to be similar to this like a lot of the <laughs> if you're a weird kid from a town of 400 and something people like yeah. you're probably real fucking weird Bus picks you up, they shoot the cow by the side of the road. Yeah, it's all the same. <laughs> that, all, that all makes sense to me. That all makes sense to me. That happened to Jared Hess. So that's why I did it. So that's one thing it, I was really, really like. Yeah, yeah wow. that, that happened to him as a kid. But a lot of this is based off like the director's like family. And I'm like, and, and so I was, 
Oh. Maybe I should have read the oral history and fun facts before I watched Probably. it. Probably. Um, no, I just like to watch the movie and then I do my <laughs> research. Um, but I guess like maybe if it, if you're like, you only capture like the weird thing that your family do behind closed doors and put it on a film. But like, I was definitely like, I don't know anybody who acted like this, but I also like, am not from a really small town. And I just feel like, does peer pressure and access to pop culture like make you stop behaving like Napoleon Dynamite? Like, is that what happens? Like, we I had we had weird kids at Nequa. I'm not gonna say first and last names like I would have in the first ten or twelve episodes, but like, there were some kids that we went to school with who did remind me of Napoleon. Um, I could put some in the chat. But my keyboard is like a foot away. I don't want to reach over. It, don't do that. It's unnecessary. Yeah, I'm gonna knock over the microphone. It's gonna be a whole thing. But yeah, I, I think for most people, like ex pop culture and kind of not wanting to be an ostracized loser would like make you give up on a lot of this shit. But I kind of feel like the way that Napoleon was um, stood out so much because at this time, there was nothing more embarrassing than like people finding out that you actually cared about something. <laughs> and like, oh. you know, it's not a thing now, like kids now. Worst thing ever. I mean, Worst right? Thing ever. But these yeah. Gen Z kids just steer into whatever they're into and get so outwardly into it. And yeah. like when we were in school, you could not let people know that you cared about something that wasn't like what everyone cared about. That was like a like a crossover or like a little bleed over from Gen X where it's like, I don't care. Yeah, I don't I care, care about that. Nothing, I don't care about man. stuff. I care I about things. Care. Yeah, because caring about things is stupid, but now it's come full circle. It'll not really full circle. It's completely like a straight line in the complete opposite direction. Yeah. People I mean people, everybody cares too much. They Stop love their, they love all their Stop fandoms. It. I mean, they're pitting, you know, Demi Lovato fans against whatever Selena Gomez fans. Like people uh, they get yeah. really into their shit now. And I think that same as Napoleon. Well, it's not the same, but I'm just saying, like, Napoleon was not afraid to be like, yeah, I'm into all the things that I'm into. That weird, like, presentation. Into nunchucks like, what and is he self-defense. Into? And- he, he's into, yeah, uh, skills. He's into his nunchucks. Uh, all of his weird illustrations, magic things. He was, that yeah. whole presentation. He gets into dancing. Yeah, well, he gets into dancing. That presentation that he gives in front of his classmates about like how the Japanese government tried to blow up Nessie the Loch Ness monster and Scotland had to have their wizards come and cast up a spell of protection. Like, you're a weird kid, but my my wife teaches kids like that now at her middle school. We're <laughs> just right. like, yeah, we love being well, weird. It's well, it's also because I think it's like you he didn't really have anything to do other than his like right. he had his imagination, right? So like his like his parents weren't there his grandmother was absent his like kip didn't care about like so he was just like sort of left to his own devices yeah without yeah with only dial-up internet i mean what are you gonna do were his brothers dead double i i would love a backstory there (laughs) find out about us what the fuck happened there his his brothers double his age (laughs) still living at home with adult braces you yeah. think they wrote the character's backstory before they filmed? Well, it's, it's weird. It's weird to give him a grandma know. who only is there to get hurt on a dune buggy and then like give no care to what happened to his parents. Yeah. It like also, oh no, sorry. I'll come. Let's come back to grandma. Sorry, I thought like you something you were gonna say. But oh, I was just gonna say like it, the whole thing is like a cast of misfits, right? Like yeah, I mean they're like the cool girls, right? But like they're they're even those kids are weird 
But I'm just thinking like in my high school class, you could pick like the two or three strangest people in the class or the most socially awkward people. And like, this might be how they're living out their lives. Yeah. Like I could see it. So I don't think it's that far removed from reality. Um, but it, mm. I mean, I think that it's like, it's nice that these, you know, these awkward kids kind of found their little group of people. And I think like maybe that is, okay, I'm reading into this a lot, guys. But I think maybe that's why, like, you know, he did all of these things that he might not have done otherwise because he kind of has this like support system. That's true. Because like, I feel like if he didn't have, I mean, obviously he meets Pedro during the movie. It didn't seem like he and Deb were friends really before the movie either. So probably up until... I don't know how old he is, like 16, 15. Like yeah. up until this point, he probably was like like a complete loner with no actual friends. Yep. Yeah, draw a liger. Like draw whatever weird shit you want to. Like I was a weird kid who drew once upon a time. Then I found football. But like, right. yeah, I think this is what you do if you're like a weird kid with no friends who likes to draw. That's fair. I wonder if it, like, if it hits you, like, thinking about my coworker who saw this in, like, middle school. Because I swear, I'm, like, granted, I don't have a yearbook in front of me. I don't, like, really think about high school all that often anymore. But I feel like people were weird through middle school, and then you, like, got it in check. So I just, like, if you, like, saw this in, like, middle school, and you were, like, oh, I'm just gonna be, like, march the beat of my own drum and dance to my heart. I don't know. Maybe I'd be a weirder person. Man, I don't know. Our weird kids stayed weird, man. I just don't think like <laughs> I, I went to this private school where like the middle schoolers were weird and we ate lunch with them. That's just like when my office went to lunch and there was a kid who wore the same Norwal hat every day. With like a full tusk? Like a full... Like a li- it was like a, um, like a stuffed animal rainbow colored. It was like a light blue hat like a little little felt hat not felt i think it was fleece and then there was like a rainbow husk coming out of it and he wore this every single day are we sure that wasn't a unicorn is that a unicorn it was a norwal hat it was it was you couldn't call it a unicorn it was a norwal hat and this kid wore it all the time so like i i don't know we just no one was this weird in my hometown i don't think yeah we had them we had him. There's, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'll, I'll talk. I'll put his name. I'm not gonna put it in the chat. We'll talk after the podcast ends about the weird kid that I'm thinking because I think Megan. Uh, I know exactly uh-huh. what you're thinking of, but I'll also say like <laughs> my fam. My family's from the East Coast, and there's like not a lot of room to like be weird. Mm-hmm. That's a point. Yeah. Yeah. Small town Midwestern weird, or I'm assuming. I mean, Plain states are even weirder than us because there's no one fucking there. So yeah. like, yeah. you have more space to be weird. I think. Tip to be square, man. Tip to just be normal, just square. (laughs) I I also grew up doing Taekwondo, so I feel like I was exposed to like a lot of weird people. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a coworker who does Taekwondo and he's kind of weird too. I will say, uh, finding out that Shannon was a black belt in Taekwondo after knowing her for like two years blew my fucking mind. (laughs) I had no idea. I, not to embarrass you, I never found you to be particularly like graceful. Like, oh, I'm yeah. So, like, to, to find out you could, like, kill a man with your pinky finger, I'm like, how the fuck? <laughs> when did this happen? Yeah. I could break swords and hit people, but I wasn't good at anything else. <laughs> Taekwondo, but... but breaking swords and hitting people. Yeah. But, but not Rexquando, though. But not, not Rexquando. <laughs> good. No one should learn that. But no, no my, one. my instructor did wear that style of pants. Oh, uh, big-ass Zubas. You gotta be able to move. <laughs> oh god that was a look 
But he um, wore that casual wear, not not to karate, not to like class. Like around the house wear. <laughs> like, no, like going out in public wear, okay? Yikes. Yeah. Um, but I think speaking of the fashion, we're going to go dub- two ways on this. Um, I think a lot of the fashion, though apparently like, even though people have been confused, I think since this movie came out, when does it actually take place? Apparently it's very clear on Napoleon's um school id that oh, they put in the beginning that it's 2004 yeah. that is something that also threw me off just thinking about the midwest the weirdness the fashion <laughs> i was like when does this take place because it's not yeah. happening in 2004 like my brain like could not couldn't compete and my wife asked me the same thing when i told her we were doing this she was like i didn't like that movie because i don't like like period pieces which is true <laughs> For her, if it's not if it's not a movie that happened like last week, she's like, it's too old. I can't. She I called this was, a period piece. Uh, yeah, there was a movie that we wanted to watch that came oh out in '09, and she's like, oh, this and Changeling from the '20s. Yeah, these, these are period pieces. Yeah, the Black <laughs> Dahlia. Yeah, Jesus, Master okay. and Commander. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I had a really hard time trying to figure. out. I was like, I'm pretty sure it's present day, and she's like, no. And I'm like, I think it is, but like, there are no cell phones. All the yeah. cars are old and outdated. None of okay, the fashion but, looks but, modern. But when we were in college, because we were just saying we just watched this when we were in college, mm-hmm. it was just the beginning of cell phones. You could well, understand. I could, I could get why they, but if that, if it was just the cell phones, I'd be like, yeah, okay. Because I had a landline in my dorm room freshman year and maybe sophomore year. It's like, yeah, right. I'll give that a pass. The cars, all the fashion's old. The TV for the Rex Quando commercial is at least 20 years old by this point, which again, could be a thing. We might have had a big console TV still in 2004 at my parents' house. Oh, I think yep. my parents still do. I, I'm sure. Those ones with the knobs. That you turn. Yeah. yeah. Oh, click, 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 click. But the, the, the music at the dance is all 80s music as well. It, it, um, that's why like, I feel like I just couldn't place it. Like my brain was just like, no. Like I like, you get, the, it's this, I, I'm we know at a loss we, for words right now. But had to be on purpose. Had to be on purpose. Yeah, like a it's, strange it's, disconnect. There's some distance between this movie and 82 because Uncle Rico is still living in 82. But it could have been like four years at some moment. Could have been. Even the way he was dressed was before <laughs> 82. bell bottoms. He was like <laughs> mid-70s, like chic. He was wearing a full leather, yeah, fucking, what, what do you call that, leisure suit. No, no, le- <laughs> it wasn't leather. It was a denim leisure suit. Yeah, denim you leisure suit. You didn't wear that in 82. Yeah. Okay. I think it's like the the way I've always looked at that is it's confusing, but we're dealing like with like poor, it's a poor rural school. Like the, there's no mall. Don't have, True. And the, yeah, there's not a mall. So they don't have great access to fashion. It's before we were buying everything on, or before most people were buying everything online and doing all of their clothes shopping online. Mm-hmm. So they're doing like a lot of like buying from secondhand stores because right. of economic constraints and the fact that there's you know not access to stuff scarcity and then, of goods it was a, it was a stretch still i don't disagree with that <laughs> but i do think that it's part of the point they're trying to make is like this is like rural idaho we're decades behind where everyone else is in society where like i think that was so it was like exaggerated certainly but i think that was kind of part of the point they're trying to make is like hey, here's a peek into like a culture that you've not seen before. <laughs> it was that. It was certainly that. And that's fair. I, I think that's just where it's just like, uh, yeah, it was just a weird, I don't know, I'm just, you know, too much of a East Coast liberal elite. I like could not yeah, wrap truly, my brain. Clearly. Obviously. 
Um, clear, clear. Come on, we're not my head AOC in the podcast this week. Uh, anyway, um, I wish. So that, like, that was a struggle for me. And then thinking about another thing, obviously, not, I don't think it has anything to do with like time and space. But I just also, it kind of goes with what Roger Ebert was saying about the film. Um, so I think he had a line. Let me find it. Where. Like basically he's saying like you need to root for people. It's like we can laugh at we laugh at comedies for two reasons, because we feel <laughs> superior to the characters or both yeah. or because we pity or like them. I okay. do not much like laughing down at people, which is why the comedies of Adam Sandler make me squirmy. Oh so, hmm. what? I'm not, I'm not laughing. He's, down he's at wrong all over the place. I'm yeah, not going like that far, but that's where like yeah. I struggled because my next comment was gonna be it just seems like all the main characters were like sedated, tranquilized, like they were just moving <laughs> multiple was, Why be in a rush? Like what are you rushing for around? There's nothing to do. Well, and this, this felt like choices. Cause like, yeah. like okay, the, the delivery of Napoleon Dynamite it's he he's obviously doing this for a reason like this is not he's doing that but then everyone else does kind of take his key because i don't know that we ever see pedro make an expression with his face uh kip is kind of the same way and deb also has no emotions <laughs> so it's, the just... main, it's like just the main cast is like very like the other kids at school seem i'm not well, they just, i don't want to something's say wrong with that wrong um but like they're just the yeah, and I so that's where I also struggled because like, is there something wrong with him? I don't want to laugh at him if there's something wrong. You know, like there's <laughs> something is wrong with him. I don't know what it is. It might just be like social maladjustment. Uh, <laughs> Something's probably, wrong. That looked like a big part of it to me. It looks like he's in his own world and not really in everybody else's all that much. Yeah. Um, but uh, he's a weirdo, man. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. There does seem to be some kind of like a a disconnect with how he relates to other people. Right. And it, it yeah. would have helped to see him interact more with grandma or his dead parents to find Exactly. Out. Like, yeah, give me, give yes. me, a, we're doing the Cruella prequel. Give me a prequel to this where I see him as like a seven-year-old. I'm like, uh, oh, this is what happened. Yeah. Okay, now I get it. Now it makes sense. He just okay. didn't develop social skills. Not a one. Yeah. Well, he has no friends. <laughs> so I guess that makes sense. No, no friends, no parents. I think maybe it's got something to do with the parents not being around. I don't know. Yeah. 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 He, I mean, where do you develop social cues if you've never hung out with a person before? From Kip, who also has zero friends? (laughs) Like, yeah. I get that. I was going to ask my next question, but since we're talking about their speech patterns and cadence, now this would be a good time to do potent quotables. What did you say? Nick mm. Megan, did you say you had one you wanted to start? Well, I was just about to drop one when you guys were talking about um, Kip, when he was like, don't be jealous, Napoleon, that I've been chatting online with hot babes all day. <laughs> all day. It's very funny. <laughs> That was like, I was like, funny. When, yes. when it started with that, I was like, oh, maybe this is, movie is funnier than I thought. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that I remember. I had, yeah, because I had that one written down, and then his next one where Deb comes to the door and she's selling her weird tchotchkes, and she's like, 
oh, I'm selling these so I can go to college. And Kip just goes, your mom goes to college. college. <laughs> she <laughs> so satisfied with himself. <laughs> she runs away and leaves all of her stuff. <laughs> Left all her boondoggle keychains. That was, was comedy. Was that was comedy. That was I feel like Kip was a lot funnier. I could have had, <sighs> I could have spent more time with Kip. Kip is definitely the funniest character in the movie, I feel like. <sighs> Pedro sometimes. Pedro's, Perhaps. eat him mean to be. When he yeah. when he shaves his head, <laughs> that was funny. He's was, very hot. My my yeah, head, it hot. was it was very hot. It was very hot. So I drank some cold water. It didn't do nothing. That was that was my that I liked. Sitting, I liked that sitting in a in a bathtub surrounded by like prayer candles. Candles. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't do nothing. So I went to the, back to the kitchen and cut off my hair. I don't want anybody to see. He covered his head. God. Ah. <laughs> uh, Oh my God! For me, there were there were a handful here that I, I wanted to call the ones that we quoted most often in college because I don't think we ever said any of these in context. Even we just like yelled them at each other in general. So knock up Napoleon, make us up a dang quesadilla. Like we said that yeah. a lot for no fucking reason. Yeah. Tina, you fat lard, come get some dinner. Said that mm-hmm. a lot in college. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Uh, Shannon, our friend uh, Kurt would often say, "Bow to your sensei." Bow to your sensei. Yeah. I don't know why. Don't because know why it was very on brand for him, Crooks. It was very on brand for him. Uh, yeah, Kurt. Kurt's an actor in Hollywood now. Like he's legit acting in things. So like, good oh, for sure. him. But yeah, he he would yell that a lot, and that he would do like a, a arm motion, like Rex would do as a whole thing. Yeah. Um, the Pedro line is she hot? That was every time. Is she hot? She hot? Yes. Every She's time hot. somebody like said they had a date with somebody or they had met a new girl, is she hot? Um. And then these last two, I, I think I still say some of these during like football Saturdays, back in '82. At least we would throw a full a pigskin a full mile, and then a uh, quarter mile. Was it a are quarter mile? Or was it a full mile. Quarter mile. Are, How much are you, you serious? Very far. The, yeah. Are you serious? How much you want to bacon throw a football over the mountains like that? Those those lines. If if I have a football and I'm playing catch with somebody, we're saying at least one of those two lines. But the way Rico's face just goes dead when he starts thinking about it, it's like, man, those days were so long ago. Uh, and then they throw him, show him throwing, and it is the most awkward throwing. It's like Tim Tebow. Yeah. It's just like a, a sudden flick. Yeah, it's, yeah. it is. And the, the best part about him throwing is like him – calling out signals at the line to nobody and like checking with his offensive line and like pointing out defenders and shit first. We can chat about Uncle Kip in a second. I feel like there are two more lines. There was one that I it's like a long one but when I first said it it made me laugh but then it gets nicer I guess. He's just like I see you're drinking 1% milk is that because you think you're fat? He's like because you're not. You could be drinking whole milk if you wanted to. What a nice compliment. (laughs) One <laughs> uh, of the most roundabout compliments. I like the first thing he says when he sits down. Oh, what a weirdo. Because he doesn't have social skills. None. Jonathan, Not Jonathan. one. And girls only want boyfriends sh- who have great skills. Yeah. yeah, great skills. The best yeah. skills. Body skills. You know, like bodyguarding skills. skills. And most staff skills. Yeah. yeah he, Grandma took I'm, a little spill at the sand dunes today. Broke her cockets. <laughs> The way they say cockets <laughs> sticks with me to this day. Oh my god! Yeah. So yes, there are moments that, like, in and of themselves, are just standalone, just funny. And I think it's something like you said earlier. Like, if this was just 
weird little like interstitials on like two minutes another yes. comedy show yes. or like on youtube where it's just nothing but like weird here's napoleon and pedro doing x but like trying to yeah. stitch it together as a film was just weird yeah. any other quotes before i pivot to my next thing no there if was... he was if he was a recurring character played by kyle mooney on snl this would be yes classic yes. and would go on for years and years and be great mm-hmm. yeah because yeah, it's like they, i feel like they like invent things to like drive the plot when it could just be these weird little silly things because there's like a ton of like quote unquote big high school things there's like a dance there's an election there's a talent show there's their weird 4-h stuff but overall very low stakes like none of it actually matters but like the we're lowest putting stakes it, we're putting it in here but like you see that fifth nipple right there that's a little one a little one. A good I, milk cow? Should have like four. Oh, four. Yeah, like this. I, that part was, it, it made no sense. It just came out of this nowhere. This milk tastes like the cow nowhere. got into an onion patch. Uh, this one has bleach. That's correct. What? How'd you know? That's correct. The defect in this, this one is bleach. This one's, this one's infected with bleach. <laughs> yeah. just, I wanted more 4-H stuff. Yeah, uh, let a kid drink milk with bleach in it? Like, no. A little bit of bleach. Not a good idea. Well, and it was the, the, okay. the onion patch milk was like orange like it looked like it was legit gross i i wanted more 4-h stuff because like obviously napoleon and pedro are like 4-h superstars like they're good at this they're great and it, would have, it would have been neat to see napoleon excel at something rather than just like always being an outcast loser like he had that was a badass jacket like he really he's a he's good at 4-h it would have been nice to see him a couple of times like legit be good at something what no is 4-h I don't know what it stands for. I think they <laughs> called it something. Uh, uh, oh, it was FFA. 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 It was FFA. It was Future Farmers. Yeah. FFA. 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 Yeah. yeah. They do similar things. I was like, things. 4-H is not, I, I don't no. know. I don't know what that is either, but. 4-H is very 4-H. similar. Yeah. FFA, FFA is like, if you, like, there's a lot of kids from small town Iowa who are at FFA because, like, they grow up on a farm and they're going to inherit that farm. And it's like, it teaches you how to, like, be a farmer, basically. Like, these are the things, skills that will come in handy when you're, like, 35 running your own farm. Yeah. yeah. Tangentially, these there's, like, several state schools that started as ag schools because of, and they're in the places that they are today because of, like, the farmers, and they wanted to help educate the farmers. I would assume Iowa State, their ag program is apparently, like, top-notch, which is the one thing they always try to lord over us, the superior Iowa Hawkeyes. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, better than them. Um, whilst driving, I believe, to the Panhandle or on the way back, like you'll drive through like Texas towns that are known for like their like sheep rearing or whatever. <laughs> like it's not like a what? football banner. It's like rearing. We have the best, best wool. Yeah, no, seriously, outside of a high school, swear to God, it was like maybe not like the best wool, but it was like something along the lines of like we raise animals well here husbandry is great animal husbandry at this school that should have been my expertise for today <laughs> animal husbandry um i think i am misusing that term but still no, no you have it right it's like oh. rearing animals is husbandry yeah 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 for sure mm-hmm. sounds like something else but that's okay <laughs> um oh boy but it's just, yeah so it's just like a lot of weird things um the election I thought was weird. Boy, how I, I love that Pedro ran. Yeah. Good on this this uh-huh. boy for running. Yeah. Um, the speech was 
You know, I mentioned the chimichanga line yeah. from summer. Ooh, it's a little racist. Mm, a little bit. Um, but then the skits weren't skits. That wasn't a skit. A skit is like a, there's like a, your talk. You talk in a skit. They did the joke. common popular people thing. I'll just dance, put on a popular song, and people will like it, and I'll win. Look, that, listen, that, that, that happened in high school. I don't know so if, if our high school was just weird this way. We, Megan, I think you can back me up on this. I think we had the same student body president from like middle school through high school. I will mm. say her name because she, she's a good friend and uh, she was really good at this. Julie DeLugo Keki, I have to say it slow because it's got a weird DL to begin it. She was, she was basically our FDR. She was always president. And like, she Wait, wasn't Mikhail president or was she vice? I think she was vice. I think Mikhail was vice president, something like that. But yeah, it was always Julia's president and she was like really good at it and took it very seriously. And we never had like a a talent show as part of the election. It was like, give a speech similar to election. Like she was our Tracy Flick, only like she was fun to hang out with too. Yeah. I actually lives in Austin, I think. Does she? Oh, I miss her. It's a good place to live, man. Um, More more people should go live there. Nice (laughs) place. No, stop. no, no, stop. Stop coming here. Stay away. Um, <laughs> but no, we had elections. Like, so we did class elections and then there was like an overall like student body. And I was always, for my class for two years, I was one of the secretaries. And then my senior year, I was like the, one of the secretaries for like the whole school. It was like something corresponding secretary. I think it was a corresponding secretary, whatever the fuck that means. Mm. <laughs> Associate secretary. Yeah, I was just, what? you know, I don't know what I, it meant, but I was. I it. draft I, the correspondence. I yeah, don't know sure. Mm-hmm. But we had to like record little videos that got played on the morning news, and oh, wow. wow, I won. Yeah, for Wildcat Weekly. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't God. even know how you went about being president or in student council at our school. I have no idea. Because yeah. we were too cool. Right. We were too cool. I was too yeah, busy okay. working on my Mazda. Yeah, it was important to be like a like. That's a, what it sounded like. <laughs> yeah, the on like the loud. council for your class, because you got to help plan the fundraisers that led to your prom, and you got to help plan prom. So I think I did it freshman mm. and sophomore year. Someone beat me junior year, and then I was back in it senior year. And then for the whole student body, I don't know what the hell we did. Be truthfully honest with you, I think it was just an excuse to get out of class a couple times. Yeah, to like lead like the a, pep rallies that's like basically what it was you got to get out of class early to go lead the pep rallies it was like, i think we had like a standalone dance committee i think that planned our dances i wasn't part of that but i think we had like a standalone yeah. dance committee that ran that shit that sounds right because i yeah. think i contributed to that at one point but that sounds like you anything to do with student body president right no no, no um, not for me but getting back to the skit portion of the election speeches mm-hmm. so we have summer and her crew that's the thing we can talk about. Mic check with this. Mic check one two one two. Mic check one two. Microphone check one two. Yeah. Um, Summer and her crew with the Happy Helping Hands. Is that what this? Happy are Hands Club. Happy Hands Club. Sorry, I mm-hmm. thought they were helping. Mm-hmm. Um, they dance to Backstreet Boys. Was it Rock Your Body or Larger Than Life? Now Everybody. 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 Which they all sound the same, so I could understand. In parentheses, Backstreet's Back. Yeah. Which was like six years old at this point. This was not a new song. No. And also their dancing was so atrocious that I wanted to die. I was going to ask all the dancers, tell tell me, how did they do? Bad. Like, they did bad. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. There was there was a dance instructor that we had at one point that I could see choreographing that. Oh, <laughs> you want to say your first and last name? Nope. <laughs> it was just it was just very like tropey dance moves. Like, it was bootleg Broadway dance numbers they were doing. Yeah. Yeah. With was there some sign language in there? I feel like there was were... some sign language. Okay. So put put a pin in the sign language conversation because okay. I'm gonna talk okay. about mic drop for a second. Right, or, but it's gonna it's gonna check. it's gonna come back. Yeah. Mic drop, mic check. I definitely put it in the notes as mic drop. <laughs> Sounds like you. <laughs> mic check. Um <laughs> so I thought that was pretty like I didn't research this and I probably should have, but they're used like the songs they got are pretty impressive. So they get Backstreet Boys everybody mm-hmm. um they cindy lopper's time after time plays at the dance so good um is it he's dancing at alphaville but some point forever young comes on it's at the dance too the, okay. when they when they walk in that one's playing that's right what a great song mm-hmm. um white stripes at the beginning uh i just want to be friends or let's be friends i don't know yeah i can get at me jack white um, a bit overdone but i still yeah, liked it it's been used a lot now. lately lately yeah Again, well, hipster the, nonsense. That's a hipster ass song. Yeah, hmm? it's the theme song to uh, Conan O'Brien's uh, Conan O'Brien Needs a Fend podcast. That's why I remember. Okay, there, yeah. you, there go. you go. There you go. Okay. It's yeah. also in, uh, I think, um, the Curious George movie that came oh, out. Oh, that would make like, sense. 2005, Oh, no, wait. No, I thought Jack Johnson did all the songs for that movie. No, there's some Jack White's. Jack White's. It's like Jack Johnson and Friends. I've never seen the okay. movie, but I've listened to the soundtrack. That <laughs> that's a movie. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. quite delightful. <laughs> Um, then, uh, when in Rome, the promise is what ends because I'm waiting to cover this next song. Mm-hmm. So the big climactic, this is how, which we'll ask a question about this later, um, for Pedro's skit, because he didn't know he had to do a skit, uh, Napoleon just dances to Jamiroquai's Hand Heat. Mm-hmm. What a yeah. great song. Great song. Do mm-hmm. we think this song would have been enough or... That dance at all. I was very surprised when the students stand up and give a standing ovation. I thought it would have been nothing but laughter. And our high school would have savaged him. Our high school would have given him limb from fucking limb for this shit. (laughs) However, Mm -hmm. I will say he is very good at isolations. Uh, He's okay at isolations, I would say. In the scheme of Idaho, did you see what... (laughs) <laughs> was a, like what was happening around? I, I, I saw what other dancing was available. <laughs> yeah, I just um, yeah, I this this would not have won over a Nikwa Valley High School crowd. Right, you could hear like a pin drop as it happens, which I think yeah. there's a reason for that. It, the, I think the way they shot it. Um, many questions. His his entire. I mean, I understand wearing the Vote for Pedro shirt, but he was wearing snow boots in springtime slash summer. Yeah, and high waisted jeans. And and they focused on those snow boots a couple yeah. times. They went straight in them. Like, we're just supposed to know that. Yep, let's focus yeah. on those. I'm like, but he still dancing. Still yeah. dancing. All right. It was dance something. Um, yeah. So apparently, the filming behind this was they filmed three different songs. Yeah. John Hader was just like, play the song, roll the film. I don't want anybody to watch me do this, but just roll <laughs> it, and I'm just gonna dance. <laughs> it's embarrassing. <laughs> and then they just pulled together like the best moments of it and then just picked I do like that. Eat. So that's okay. kind of nice. So here's that's my question. Great. Ultimate showdown. So this is like the second time Can Heat has been featured prominently in a movie that we've done. Better use of Jamiroquai's Canned Heat 
Napoleon Dynamite or Center Stage? Uh, I, I did have a note about that. <laughs> I think we know uh, where Megan's going to come down on this. She choreographed based on that number. Um, that's actually tough. That's actually tough. This was this was a good... He looked like he was happy when he was dancing. He looked at, like he was having, I guess, some amount of fun. But I don't know. Here's man, what I'll say. Tough. Better mm. dancing in center stage. Better, better... I hope so. Obviously. It's- better use of like this song for dramatic effect napoleon dynamite it it mm-hmm. felt more celebratory it felt more like a huge moment that that song in center stage not even the best song in center stage i mean higher ground was in center stage now, <laughs> like, that's, that's the one i was getting confused with that <laughs> yeah let show me higher ground when they were dancing to that that yeah. was way more fun better. but um um in uh was this the tape that LaFonda gave him? Yeah, it was her cousin. Her cousin is Jameer Kwai. It was her cousin's tape, right? <laughs> Jameer Kwai is no. not black. People don't need to know this. Jameer Kwai no. is a white British man. Very, very white. My, my cousin made, made, made me this tape, listen to it, and dance to it in front of your friends. Yeah. That, that's cool. Do it. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was interesting. That that was, that was on the tape. Right? It, like, wasn't it impromptu? I mean, it, he was yeah. sort of do this to help a friend he's been learning uh, dequan's dance grooves this whole time to like yeah. learn how to dance i was gonna ask about that tape too what what, what oh. kind of group when i saw him doing his, his like different like dance through, through the door going that way i'm like that, that looks like some of dequan's dance groups yeah there. that was dequan's dance grooves yeah but i guess for me i don't know megan if you want to weigh in on this when i hear this song maybe it's because i have seen center stage far more times than i've ever seen i think of center stage when i hear candy oh not me not but, I, but you obviously have not seen center stage like eight million times like no. I oh yeah have. like i can like lifetime. do the dance in my head while i was I watching that. this yeah i believe that same but, thing with higher ground though like okay all right but i will say i will say though my next follow-up question to you, Dana, mm-hmm. is better moves than Save the Last Dance. Yes. <laughs> For whose? Whose moves? They're probably better, better than Julia Stiles. White people to white people in this? Yes. Um. <laughs> His hips move. Fine. Put put Julia Stiles on the stage <laughs> for Juilliard and then play Canned Heat. Is it better? It's, it's better, better than her Juilliard audition. I will say that. Can uh can I get Julia Stiles from uh Ten Things I Hate About You dancing to Biggie? That's the best dance we've seen so far. Right? <laughs> so that's better than this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I Ooh. oh boy, going a whole down a whole rabbit hole now. But I uh, no, I don't know where we're going from here. Well, but. I I do have. There's one more song that was on your list that I wanted oh. to call out. Sure. Um, in the scene where Pedro's cousins show up in the lowrider to pick him up. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, so that song is called So Rough, So Tough, uh, R-U-F-F-T-U-F-F by Zap and Roger. Um, okay, so we've talked about my, my past with dancing. Um, I was a, a pop locker for a very, very long time. Zap and Roger is the holy trinity by themselves of music for that. All their songs have that clap track in there. They're all the same beat. You could put on a Zap and Roger album for nine hours and not change your pace dancing at all. Yep. And it it's such a song for like a lowrider to show up in um roger troutman is the roger and zap and roger you'd know him from the california love video he's the guy on the talk box 
at the beginning that says California Love. Oh, okay. His whole thing is using a talk box. He has a song called I Play the Talk Box. <laughs> so like when it came on, I'm like, is that so rough, so tough? And then it was, and it made me very happy because I forgot it was in this movie. Um, well, sort of dovetail off of that. It's not in the notes, but I think we have to do it. Um, what's your problem? White people oh. in Idaho? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not they got some issues. They got some issues. <laughs> what you got? Yeah. Well, like, like Dave said, with the principal's like, I don't know how you used to do things in Juarez. Like, <laughs> true. Because there's an H in there's an H in Juarez. Juarez. I completely forgotten about it, but he said it. I mean, a part of me, part of me though, is like every like they they're just so bad about everything. Yeah. I guess like, Pedro beat a pinata. So I'm sorry. That is yeah. on there. Yeah. That may be okay in Juarez, where you're Juarez. from, but that's not how we do things in the gem state. He says that. He does say the gem state. And then the, the chimney, if you want to be eating chimichangas next year, and the, oh, like that's Thank just, you didn't her. need that. That's a point. That's a very And good, also, yeah. chimichangas are delicious. They're she's great. Yeah, they're fabulous. She's terrible. She's like, of terrible. course, they're great. She's the worst. There was, uh, yeah. Uh, also, and then the lowrider, the fact that his, like, yeah. they had to be, like, riding a lowrider, listening to the hop, you know? And, and, like, and they had to be wearing the uh, flannel shirts with the butt. They, yeah. yeah. Come well, on. And, and while, while I'm here being black, LaFonda, the I name LaFonda, the spelling of LaFonda. Spelling of it. And then Kip starts wearing, like, a do-rag and, like, hip-hop attire. Once Kip is just, like, Ja Rule. She mm. gives him that giant, like, eagle medallion necklace. That's not... Did anybody, did anybody watch the movie with closed captioning on? Do you know how I they spelled not. La Fonda? Yes, they, I Yeah, do. They, they show There's it. A There's, yeah. a There's a sign. Yeah, L-A capital F-A-W-N-D-U-H. Duh. Duh. That feels racist. <laughs> it, feels, it didn't feel right. What was it, Daquan's hip hop dance tape? Or something? I was like, why it was, is it gotta D, be Daquan? D, it was Daquan or Daquan. I don't remember which one D, it was. I think it was just D Q W O N. No apostrophe or dash or anything. Just I think there's an apostrophe. Daquan. Was there an apostrophe? Yeah, there's an apostrophe. I was like, oh Good man, God. this is like on 30 Rock when Titus Burgess' character's named Daquan. Daquan. Yeah. Oh, so that I used to think was funny. Maybe I should yeah. stop calling was, it, was it Okay. Big, big Grizz and dot com. But, but <laughs> counterpoint, I knew a white woman from Idaho whose name was capital D apostrophe capital A R C Y. Was it Darcy? Darcy or was it Darcy? It was Darcy. Like Darcy Carden. Darcy Carden huh? from um the Good Place. Yeah, is yeah R C. She yeah, took Darcy. that from what the bassist uh, from Smashing Pumpkins. Oh, she's also Darcy. You're that right. is yeah. I love Darcy. There, yeah. That is not possible based on her. <laughs> They're all very white. Darcy Card and I'm Darcy just saying Darcy. that's not how you do it. Spell things real weird. I know people do put weird apostrophes in it, but I that's it. Like we don't have to go that much further. You know, well, on, I just was on. like this does come up. We so so this Preston, Idaho, is very near Utah. And mm -hmm. I'm going to put in our Facebook group a few years ago, there was a woman who posted all the names, um, all the first names from like her kids first grade class or whatever on her Twitter. And they are absurd. Like Utah names and Oklahoma names are fucking wild. Maybe she was from Utah. I take that back. She, she was not from Idaho. She was from Utah. hundred percent. Yeah. Utah. I'm going to put that in there. Cause every couple of months I will look at it and just laugh at how many vowels you can like, 
put a Y in there instead of how many X's you can put into a name. The shit is insane. Mm. As Megan would say, it was some some straight white nonsense. (laughs) (laughs) Sheer sheer white nonsense. Sheer white nonsense. There it is. Um, (laughs) I was listening to a podcast where they're talking about that. That like, just people in Utah come up with like the wildest names. Mm -hmm. And now I can't remember the example that he had. And it was like something with like Brooklyn, but not. I don't know. I'm gonna have to go it's, find it's that ridiculous of a podcast, but that sounds very similar. Um, so yeah, it's not like a big. I can understand. It's just there are just those little things where I'm just like, oh, just little things. Oh, well, this problematic, but yeah, not not as bad as some things have been, but yeah, not good. Yeah, I didn't feel great no. about it. No. Um, but coming back to because I did have it in my notes. I think the two things I would just want to make sure we touch upon. Uh, especially because you know sign language, mm-hmm. uh, Crooks, was it accurate? Yeah, a lot of it was. Um, was it? Yes. Fantastic. Yeah, okay. the Happy Hands Club was doing a mix of sign language and just hand dancing, I would Interp- say. Interpretive hand dancing. Yeah, yes. the, the bird thing is not a thing. That's not a thing. Um, so a lot of that shit was just like weird hand dancing. But when hand- they, yeah, that was just weird hand, hand jive. But... <laughs> The, when they were signing, that was legit sign. Like they were actually signing when they were signing. It's like, cool. yeah. Especially yes. for a low budget film. That's that's yeah. great. Someone yeah. taught them that. <laughs> Someone yeah. had to teach them how to sign. Yeah. Uh, well, I will say, when you sign, your face does stuff too, and they were not making appropriate facial expressions because you have to communicate with your face, your tone. Because obviously, you can't hear sign. You yeah. can angry sign. I did watch. Um, my ASL three teacher and his boyfriend get into a very angry drunk argument at oh. ASL club uh, upstairs at, um, oh God, what bar was that with the super steep stairs? Uh, Jake's. Yeah. Upstairs at Jake's, they got into a very angry argument. Jake's used to give you um, like $1 pitchers for your birthday up to as many as you had for your birthday. So we're in 21. Holy shit. 21 pitchers, 21 bucks. And my, yeah, my ASL three teacher was dating a student and uh, he was deaf. My teacher was deaf. They had all their pictures and they got into a very heated argument in sign language. And it was amazing to watch him yell at him and sign. But like, you're supposed to do face stuff and they weren't doing any face stuff. So you're not communicating as well as you could be. But the signs were correct. To be fair, they weren't doing any facial expressions like when they were actually talking either. Yeah, like in the movie. That's true. Yeah. So Flat affect like zero. Right. I, do, I think the, the Happy Hands Club, they did, I think they might be the only exception to the lack of facial expression. They're, yeah, the girls had some expressions. They had some mean faces. Yeah, they did have some mean faces, that's true. And they were smiling during the uh, Backstreet performance. That's true. Yeah, yeah that's but it's such a bad smile. It was just like... <laughs> such a bad smile. Well, it was just like, I'm supposed to smile. I yeah, like how I hate that I don't. Yeah. yeah. Mm. yeah. Dead eyes like sharks. I didn't know before tonight that this whole thing was shot in like 23 hours. So now I'm just thinking. <laughs> 23 days. 23 days. <laughs> oh, I'm 23 sorry. Hours. <laughs> I, I wish I'm it was sorry. a one day. I've obviously shoot. been awake for too long and it's 930. Um, you're, you're a very important I, lawyer. So I, I give I you a pass. Think, I didn't think 20. Anyway, that's a short period of time. So they don't have, you know, movies shoot for like a year. So they yeah. don't have time to do all these t- 
takes and retakes and retakes. So like maybe that has something to do with how it turned out too. And it was like, I just thought everyone was supposed to be kind of like dull and. Well, I'm sure they learned, I'm sure they learned the choreo in like a day. And like, we have to just, if we can get one take, we are doing the right steps. We'll go with that. It's fine. Next scene. So yeah, that does make sense to me. Yeah. Um, They did say they did not take a lot of takes because film is expensive. Yeah. 23 days. And a lot of the extras are actual high school students from Preston. So it's the longest credits ever because they credited the every so kid. Yeah. yeah. Every kid. Yeah, I was, in the film. When I was looking at the cast, I was like, student number one, student number 87, <laughs> student number 112. That was nice of them, though. They didn't have to do that. They could just yeah. been like, yeah. But didn't they Thank- have to, if you credit them, you have to pay them. Yeah, but if I you're, paying, you John, pay you're, paying, the, you're paying the star of the movie $1,000, that's like a $12 for an extra. Probably. And these high school kids don't have a lot going on, probably, so they want right. to. Be- yeah. yeah. But were yeah. they provided wardrobe, or they were they wearing their own clothes? Because oh, that had to be their own clothes. The wardrobe. That had no, they they probably gave them wardrobe direction. Oh, no. Everybody, everybody, everybody was walking around the school dressed normally in like yes. four clothes. Yeah. And then yeah. The other, everyone, and the other, everyone in the movie walking around like seventies, eighties, nineties, weird style yeah. clothes around them. Well, like t-shirts and like loose jeans, like those well, never go out of like well, you pretty guys, much out of style. No, we have no. we haven't branded it yet. So frosted tips and butterfly clips. <laughs> All right, let's talk. Oh, about are we doing? Oh, I, I did anybody pick specific outfits? I was gonna get. Well, I have some go, go for I can, it, everyone. Go for it. I can it. speak to genres. Yeah, we'll just do genres in general because there there yeah. was I mean, we could have each picked a look. Fuck it, let's just talk about how weird these motherfuckers look. <laughs> I, to me, it. to me, everything Napoleon, Deb, and Pedro wear would be right at home in like a late two thousands hipster closet. Like I said, they they were the blueprint for hipsterism. Yeah. Um, so much of Napoleon stuff is like old camp tees, the kind of shirts you would get for like running a charity five k or being at like a county fair. Like yeah. his shit all felt very much like he bought it at Village Discount. Yeah. Um, Deb, uh, yep. Deb coming in with the side pony and stirrup pants. Are, that was odd. That was what odd. you wear like a, a choice a hotel concert. Like she is <laughs> a hipster. I will forever thank Big Sis for showing me the TV show Happy Endings. Um, yes. The fourth episode, yes. of the first season, is. I was going to mention this. Yes, it's yes. when when my one of my favorite actresses, Casey Wilson, as Penny, masquerades as a hipster to impress a guy. If you put her next to Deb, they look like they went on a shopping trip together. Like she is. <laughs> A very stylish hipster is Deb. But you have to explain why, because she met the guy while she was doing laundry, so yeah. she was wearing the dregs of her like wardrobe, <laughs> like not purposefully or like not ironically, but because like the rest of her laundry was dirty. Yeah. She had on like it a lavender, so like a lavender sweatshirt with like a pony running across it, and like some high waisted jeans and like a, a big red scrunchie or whatever. And the dude showed up dress like you'd think a hipster would dress and she's like oh so it's your laundry day too and he's like yeah whatever <laughs> but yeah the way that so the way good. that she dresses when she's tr- they have a whole like dressing montage of her learning to dress and act like a hipster i'll find that and link to it in our group that is how okay. deb dresses and i'm like you look you look stylish like penny hearts yeah beautiful um yeah, I will say because we have to talk about it. The I don't think anybody mentioned the quote, but they're going to the dance. Oh Got to get a new outfit, and he goes, "That suit is incredible." 
<laughs> it's quintessential. It's incredible. Brown. <laughs> he was so happy when he saw the suit. My but no brown smile. Women's leisure suit. It's so incredible. It's so, like a three-piece suit. Incredible. Yeah. It looked dapper. Yes. Uh, you know. Friend, friend of the pod, Bobby Clausen, basically wore this one time to a dance in, in high school. He wore all brown, head to toe, brown, yeah. brown suit, brown shirt, brown vest, brown tie, brown shoes. Guaranteed he still has the suit. I don't remember that. What guaranteed he still has the suit. Hundred percent. I guarantee he does. I think it was like it was turnabout, and he <laughs> went with uh, his long-term high school girlfriend, and I'm not saying names. Uh, okay. And I, I think it was like sophomore or junior year, and I think he said he wore it because he wanted to see if he could like turn her off enough where she would not want to hook up with him as like a personal challenge, and it didn't work. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, he was giving himself a challenge. Well, so I don't have a, a necessarily a wardrobe choice, but I have two wardrobe comments. Um, right. But remember when everyone went as Napoleon Dynamite, Pedro, and what's her name for Halloween? Deb, that, Deb. that vote for Pedro shirt was iconic. Uh, yeah. Lucky, yeah. Motherfuckers yeah. wore that all the time. Yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. a lot. I remember the shirt, but I don't, that's what they were saying where like everybody dressed up like them for Halloween. And I was just oh, 100%. like, we had a lot of Did that. I just miss it? We had a lot of vote for Pedro. Um, I don't know if I had any friends that dressed like Deb. Because I think at that point, all the girls were still like, how sexy can I look for Halloween? And Deb never looked sexy. No. Remember a lot of guys, and also like a lot of the girls who were like, I'm not trying to look sexy, would just dress as Napoleon Dynamite for Halloween. Hmm. I was Kanye West that year, by the way. <laughs> I was early stage Kanye that, that Halloween. It's a choice, yep. Yeah. Uh, Deb, Deb had, had like the side ponytail throughout the movie and at the end shows up like, I'll play tetherball with you. And yeah. she looks, she looks pretty okay. Yeah. Looks, looks she's good. a very attractive woman. She's like, a, if you look she's her a up pretty online. lady, yeah. I, yeah. She's cute. Um, yeah. So yeah, any other fashions we would like to call out? I, I was just going to talk about uh, Rex Quando's pants and... Uh, <laughs> And he has a navy blue polo with, with the name Rex printed on it. That's just, mm-hmm. it takes, I need you to know who I am. So I'm going to put that on there. And that's, the bandana that's too. and he has, a, <laughs> I have to have extra stars because yeah. there aren't enough on one side of my pants. And uh, the way that fight or the fake, well, just when he beats up Rico, when, when he beats oh. up Rico, that's funny. But yeah. when, when Kip walks up and, the way he tried to do that little oh low kick, God. yeah, <laughs> so weak, very embarrassing. With, he's like, oh, you got to grab my arm uh, with the other arm. No, my with other, my arm. other arm. <laughs> but but there's, walk away. Funny there's character. a good, there was a good quote related to that. It's a so I forget who says it, but it was like, do you think anyone needs a roundhouse kick in the face wearing those pants? Yeah, it was it was him. It was after he said like, I go home to Starla every night. You <laughs> make people laugh at me for that. <laughs> Break, you gotta break the wrist, walk away. Walk break away. the wrist, walk away. Oh, a funny character. I think Diedrich Bader is he's underrated in so many ways. He's very funny. Yeah, he's a very funny Diedrich actor. Bader. Great uh, in office space. Yeah. Hey neighbor, I uh, wasn't trying to hear you. But... <laughs> I didn't say nothing about that, dude. <laughs> we'll we'll somehow time, make man. office space a teen movie. So we We're gonna figure it out. It's gonna happen. Once I can it's... figure out God or Goodfellas, we'll do we'll do office space for that. Too. <laughs> you guys, I, so... I found a good teen movie this week, and now I forgot it. Oh, you gotta write oh. these down. You'll oh, think of it. I will say, I thought it was like such a funny joke when I watched it. I'm like, ah, oh, the apartment walls can't be that thin. And then I moved to Texas, and I was like, yep. yes, they are. 
Yeah. Sure walls sure were it was it was gross. Um, yeah. guys, one of the wait, thing- wait, oh, no, 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 I will edit it out. Jump in. Don't. <laughs> We did the frosted clips, but I want. I had one question about Uncle Rico okay. that I had to get out there. Set it up just and I'll, one? I'll edit it in. Just smooth There's us into it. There's probably a lot of questions. So one question about Uncle Rico. Before we finish, I forget what we were talking about, but oh, we were talking about Rex Fondo. Uh, Starla and uh, Rex beats up Uncle Rico. So just question about Uncle Rico. They didn't really answer it. I don't even know why they introduced it. But it seemed like, was he sleeping with his uh, Tupperware customers? Yeah. It was yeah. strongly implied. Yeah. yeah, I think he had to be. Uh, Why would anyone buy that much Tupperware? Well, I mean, I, 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 I chalk it up to this being a very clean movie where you couldn't just come out and say he was banging these women. But like, I'm pretty sure that's what was happening, especially when he went into that one house and like that super old lady let him in. And then he didn't answer the door when Napoleon knocked like 15 minutes later. It seemed like he was probably getting his dick wet. That was a really old lady. Yeah, that was a super old lady. He was uh, was for sure having sex with Trisha's mom. At at least getting, you know, hand jibbers and mouth jibbers. And based on... Why else would she make her daughter go to the dance (laughs) Right. (laughs) Force her to go with this weirdo. No, man, it's based on that the packaging, that Tupperware, I guarantee you, you like put stuff in it once, leave it in the fridge for a couple of days. Stain. You're not going to get the color of what was in there off of there. Oh, That's stain. cheap, terrible, stain. really bad Tupperware. And yet that oh. weakling couldn't break it. No, nope, so, couldn't. Dang it. I'm driving away. <laughs> can't do it. Can't do it. Was Kip supposed to then sleep with the Like, why did he bring Kip into the business? Oh, I think he, I think he just thought Kip was going to be like a dedicated salesman. <laughs> Like, no, I think him yeah. banging the ladies was like a little side okay. for himself. I'll bang okay. the ladies and then we'll have someone try to do like the regular like straight up sales yeah. and see what works. Yeah. Okay, see fair. what works. So yeah. then follow up question. He's banging all these ladies. Why is he so worried about what happened in 1982? It seems to me like he's living the good life. He's um, living an average life in the town when everyone else is living a far below average life. Yeah, but he's, 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 Tim, he's Tim McGraw with um, in vers- is it Varsity Blues? Yeah. No. Um, no. McGraw. Friday Night Lights. Friday Night Lights. Friday Night Lights. Same Tim McGraw, Friday Night Lights with less of a drinking problem, but more of a sleeping with Actually, problem. now that I think of it, the Uncle Rico life before anyone calls him, him just living in a random like, plane somewhere. <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. And no, in, in the middle of just like, Hashtag there's a nice hill lights. behind him. Yeah. And, yet, and yet he had a landline Pretty phone. Pretty good. Yeah. yeah, had a landline phone about living in nomad land. Uh, for some reason, mm. I have a really nice antenna. Hello. It's Uncle Rico. Okay. Whatever, man. Jesus Whatever. Christ. Okay. okay. So we can be done now. <laughs> yeah. <And> we- <laughs> uh, guys. Oh, boy. All right. So one of the things we like to do on this pod um, is take a look at kind of a minor character and see if this movie was the start of big things for them or the peak of their whole career. So it is time for an IMDb deep dive. Dana, who are you going to dive on this week? Well, this is really tough. Um, Anybody. Yeah, so I also was just thinking, like, that's a question I should have asked while we were discussing the pod, but I do think people got, uh, not discussing the pod, we're we're doing a pod, discussing the movie. Do you think people got pigeonholed, like, Pedro and Napoleon and Kip? Like, you think they just couldn't get out of these roles? Somehow Deb didn't, but the others did, I think. I don't Mm. know if they were actually, like, actors, to begin with. Well, John Hader was, he was in Blades of Glory. Deb was a child actor. Actress, yeah. Mm -hmm. Actress, sorry. 
Um, or actor, that's fine. I don't know what we're doing now. Actor, I don't know the proper, yeah, but yeah. So yeah, and, and the rest just, this was where they became known yeah. to others. And, and yeah. then you see them in random things for the next 10 years or so, and then they kind of just. Yeah, know. Tina Majorino was a, is that what I Yeah. Yeah, Majorino. She was in Karina Karina with Whoopi Goldberg. She was, okay. she was in Andre. Andre. She was an Andre with the seal. She acted oh, next to a seal. Yeah. Waterworld so with Kevin Costner. Oh, she oh, was yes. a little girl from Waterworld. Yep. She had yep. the big tattoo on her back to fight dry land. Yep. Let's there make Waterworld a teen movie, guys. Oh, God. Let's cover um, that too. So, like, I, I, again, I'm just now, like, picking up people. Because it's really hard. I don't know. The people who were, like, it was sort of something big for them was, like, John Hader and Efren Ramirez. But I don't think it became anything. Or, like, Hilary Duff. Not Hillary Duff, Haley Duff. Um, like nothing happened for these people. So the person I just wanted to pick because I love this this lady, uh, Sandy Martin has been mm-hmm. acting for fucking <laughs> ever. seventy years. <laughs> no, she's been acting since like nineteen seventy seven, and she's like that. She's like a bat lady and everything. Mm-hmm. She's Max Mom on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. <laughs> just like that. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> and she's so mean to Charlie's mom. So but she doesn't say anything. Oh, God. So great. Um, so, yeah, she's just in stuff. I don't know. This is a this is a very hard IMDb deep dive because, like, every it's either they were a nobody or they've been in stuff for forever. Even Uncle Rico has been acting since, like, 1967. It's, like, wild. He was a child actor. Jesus. And then, like, Diedrich Bader. God, I love yeah. him. I love Diedrich Bader. Drew Carey show from Office Space. It's just like it was a bunch of nobodies and a bunch of that guys and gals. And and stuff. one lady bodybuilder. Yeah, and one and one Starla. Yeah, so one Starla. it was tough. A lot of great people. Um, I can't remember the like the things I know John Griss from, but Uncle Rico, he's been in so much stuff, but I like could not tell you exactly where I know him from. This is a weird film. It's a very yeah, it was very hard. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you have a budget that low, I guess that makes sense. Like you're not gonna be able to get huge names but also like had, people want to work i yeah. i had thought he was the guy in uh sons of anarchy who they cut off all his fingers because he wouldn't stop jerking off but it wasn't jesus him. It was, what it was a different guy sorry never seen watch, that show but holy sorry, shit watch watch sons of anarchy folks it's a weird weird thing that happens wow but it's not him it's just someone who looks like him is that sorry. early season or late season because i uh, watched a lot of something it's either the first or second season yeah it happens pretty uh, early and he ends up working <laughs> at the uh once they go to Ireland, the I tapped out. It happened before that. Um, but yeah, so this is hard. It was like every literally like what's his name? John Grease, Uncle Rico. His first credit is nineteen sixty seven when he's like six years old. That's so Jesus Christ. That's wild. Yeah, it's very he's in the white shadow. Oh man. <gasps> he was in the white shadow? I was I was a, a Nick at Night kid when I was little. I used to watch like a lot of Bob Newhart, Mary Tyler Moore show, um, Dick Van Dyke, and The White Shadow is it's it's a white savior TV show mm-hmm. where dude shows up and coaches like an inner city. Is it inner city? Is like a black school, like a, an all black basketball team, and he's an White Shadow. Yeah, yeah. yeah That's shadow. where he's from. He's one of the uh, he's one of Liam Neeson's guys in Taken who uh, oh. helps. Find his daughter. Movie. No, I'm sorry. No, not never. I haven't seen a movie in a very long time. I would it's been not. a while for me too. Yeah. So there's just a lot of we. I think we did all the big parts for everybody else who's in yeah, the film. Sounds about right. Um. So yeah, I think that's it. Okay. A lot of people are still going. John's got films coming up. Sandy Martin's doing shit. Diedrich Bader's doing voiceover work. 
Tina Majorino. She's got a movie coming in post-production. So yeah, everybody who was an actor prior to the film acting. still going strong. <laughs> everybody who was getting their start, not much. This was it. This wow. was it. All right, guys. Well, that does bring us to the end of this episode. And just like the end of the school year, that means it's time to hand out some superlatives. Um, I'm not going to do Kip because he might be 45 Wait, years old. Does Dave have to pick his film first or no? That's what I do after this part, Dana. Oh, we haven't. Thanks a while. for ruining my whole flow. It's <laughs> all boo, Dana. Um, all right, so like I said, I'm not going to do Kip because he might be in his 40s, so I don't want to. I don't want to pick him. Um, we didn't talk a whole lot about Don, but as Megan said, he's the ugliest hot guy ever in a movie. Um, Don is most likely to casually mention his boat in every conversation. He seems like he's going to be a boat guy. Talk about his boat a lot. Summer is most likely. Yeah. yeah, he's going to have a boat. Uh, Summer is most likely to wind up with an entire garage full of unsold merchandise from a pyramid scheme. Um, yeah. I, think, I think... She's like a Layla Rowe gal. She's selling yeah. them leggings. <laughs> judging, judging from the Summer Wheatleys from our high school, she's going to be selling some nonsense that no one's going to want to buy. Um, Deb is most likely to leave Preston and become a successful wedding photographer. The way that she like directed um, Uncle Rico in his photo shoot, I thought was legit photographer shit. And our photographer for our wedding was like a full-blown hipster with uh, blue dreadlocks and um, a lot of Care Bear tattoos. So that's, that's Deb's future. Uh, she was good though, we had great pictures. Pedro is most likely to be a perennial candidate for Idaho elected office who never gets more than 2% of the popular vote. Being one of those guys. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. Napoleon is most likely to write strictly non-sexual Game of Thrones fan fiction. Um, he's going to get really deep is into thing? I, I don't think that non-sexual fan fiction is, but he's going to do some of that. I think all fanfic <laughs> is like, and then they boned, but he's not, he's not a sexual person. So his is going to be all about the magic powers and the large talons. Um, okay. Our next movie is Dave's pick, as Dana brought up for no damn reason eight seconds ago. Dave, hey, you always get the order wrong. Yeah. Too, so. I get the order wrong at the beginning. And Not at the, sometimes. sometimes at the end. Uh, Dave, what are we going to watch next? Um, this popped up on HBO Max for me, and I remember watching it, Love it. Uh, back in the day when I was a kid. 1998. Uh, Wikipedia calls it a buddy comedy science fiction film, which I, I don't know if it quite gets there. It's a film called Senseless, directed by Penelope, uh, Penelope Spheres, who directed oh. Wayne's World and Black Sheep. It has uh, Marlon Wayans, David Spade as the uh, piece of shit rich guy. You're supposed Have to you named the film yet? I said yeah. senseless. Oh, Are you listening to our podcast? <laughs> senseless, senseless. Are you here? Yeah. God, and of course, Wayne. because I, I think he's our most uh, most talked about actor in any of our podcasts. Matthew Lillard shows up. He's in everything. Again, as a he, as a character, you would not expect him to play. It's fantastic. He's in everything, but like. There's no consistency. Yeah. So I yeah. don't remember that he's in anything. What that a chameleon. A chame yes, he's a chameleon. He plays every fucking role and plays them all very well. Um, yeah. Marlon Wayans, the second worst Wayans. Yeah. It's what? Are you, Sean? Okay. Yes. We'll talk about it. Yes. It'll be fun. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What? I will stand by that. I like Kim. Did you watch the Wayans show? Because we're brothers. 
lives and we're happy, happy. and we're singing and I'm aware. I uh, he's that's why I like him more than Sean and less than Kim. He's no Damon or Keenan Ivory. Oh. Or Damon Jr. for that matter. Oh, Damon uh, Jr. is great. Damon Jr. has Damon he's Jr. up there now. He's very funny. Uh, first and foremost, Shannon, thanks again for, for joining us this week. Um, <laughs> thanks for goofing off with us. We had a good time. Uh, that does it for this week's episode. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe, rate, leave us a five-star review. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at RecappingGownPod. That is R-E-C-A-P-N-G-O-W-N-P-O-D. And join our Facebook group, Recapping Gown Fan Club. Um, sounds like I have a lot of things to link to in there we'll keep the whole conversation going in there all week uh we'd love to hear your thoughts on this weird cultural phenomenon of a movie um and if you didn't like what you heard to quote napoleon why don't you get to quote a piece of crap gosh take it easy millennials we'll see you next week <laughs>